All right, all right, all right. Week one is in the books. Welcome to the Fantasy Gods West podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Norlock of the uh, the Broke Back Mountain podcast, the official podcast of the Fantasy Gods West. Um, week one is in the books. Uh, and for a lot of us, it was disappointing to say the least. I think when we look across uh, all that happened this week, nobody's really shocked or surprised by the outcomes. In fact, uh, a lot of the heavy favorites ended up uh, coming out on top. Uh, we'll get into some of the matchups. Not going to spend a lot of time looking at week one because a lot of what we anticipated, we really did see. Uh, we'll spend a little bit more time looking ahead into week two, breaking down some of the opponent's matchups, looking at some of our top performers and maybe those that have a long way to go. Um, before I get much further in, I think I do owe an apology to Tony uh, for no one other than Jalen Hurts. Um, Tony, this is my way of saying uh, I was wrong. Uh, now, I, I've kind of been talking out of my mouth a little bit as I've been bad-mouthing Jalen Hurts on the front side here uh, in, in this podcast. I actually own him in another league, which I dominated <laughs> having him. So uh, while I was uh, talking crap about him here, I actually had some belief in him on the other side. All being uh, said, I do owe you apology. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal and phenomenal in a game where he did not throw a single touchdown. Uh, that's probably the most remarkable part about this. Jalen Hurts did have one rushing touchdown, but when you look at that game, which is which is quite shocking to me when you look at what happened, you have studs like DeAndre Swift who went off but was snaked two touchdowns from Jamal Williams. And then you have uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts who basically his legs kept them in the game um, and ha- certainly helped them win the game, uh, but he had touchdowns that were snaked by Miles Sanders, a rushing touchdown from the one-yard line, which very well could have been Jalen Hurts. Um, you had Kenneth Gainwell, two-yard rushing touchdown, and Boston Scott, one-yard touching, rushing touchdown. Very easily, Jalen Hurts could have had four rushing touchdowns. And all of a sudden, we're looking at a 50-60 point week from a guy who maybe doesn't throw for a single touchdown, proving that in Fantasy Gods West, it's not about how many touchdowns you throw. It's about what you do as a collective body of work. And Jalen Hurts' collective body of work is looking real good. So uh, that is my fall on the sword. I give you credit, and I do apologize. I am sorry about that, Tony. Now, looking across the rest of the week, it was really interesting to watch Chad kind of start slow and then all of a sudden remind us that he is, in fact, the number one team in this league, rattling off 191 points when it was a slow half to start and then just came firing back. Tons of firepower on that team. Um, Again, kind of Rob hit the buzzsaw with Dak and certainly not having um, all of his weapons in use there. But, uh, but Chad is clearly established there. Um, very interesting game. Again, Blake came out and, uh, and did very well. Of course, he played the, the weakest team of the week, which was Mizrachi. Um, but Blake, hats off to you. Getting out and getting that first dub of the season is always a good feeling. Uh, Tony ached one out against, uh, against Josh. It looked to be a little bit closer. And then Tony took strides into where we kind of anticipated there. Um, I had Josh in this one by three. And so Tony... Definitely proved me wrong, winning by um, about 17. And then, uh, you know, from Kevin's perspective, really putting a thump into to Ryan uh, with a nice 30-point victory there. 
has a solidified um, and the last matchup was mine where I, I can't blame anything else than just incredibly poor management from the Brokeback Mountain. I mean, letting Mike talk me out of starting Julio. Now, it wouldn't have been that much of a difference. It would have given me an extra 10 points. Still would have lost um, because I would have lost by, in that case, um, 15 points. But also uh, just, you know, there were some other things that shouldn't have happened. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson played poorly. James Robinson comes up. Um, so anyways, we take that. We, we learn from our mistakes and we move on. Congratulations to all the week one winners. Hats off to you guys. Kudos. I really do think that there is right now uh, four tiers within our league. Uh, curious if anyone agrees and or disagrees with me. But when I look at our league and I look at just based off of week one performances, so call it an overreaction, call it a reaction. I don't really care what you call it. But I think you've got a tier one, which is Chad. Uh, and I'll call Chad tier one A. And then I'll put the Rough Riders as 1B. Right now, I kind of have those two in a class of their own. Um, the next grouping, which would be my Tier 2 teams, would be Bon Jovi, the Mile High Herberts, and the Mambas, all teams that eked out victories um, and were able to, to slot that first and all-important win into the win column. Then I look at the Tier 3 teams, which is really only two, and that's going to be the Hit Parade and the Good Guys. Both who had decent showings, not great, um, which is why they're Tier 3, but also uh, just facing some of the top two top scoring teams. So uh, for them, it was a little bit unlucky. And then uh, Tier 4, which is going to be myself, Josh, and, uh, and Hayden down there at the bottom. Uh, all of us, subpar performances. Um, a lot of work by each of our teams. Now there's bright spots on every team, uh, but there's certainly a lot of work for every team moving forward. I want to break down some of the the studs of the week. Uh, some podcasts that we've talked about, you know, who performed well, who might have underperformed. So we'll start at the quarterback position, and, and uh, no surprises really across the board. Very impressive outing by Patrick Mahomes, who literally sliced and diced the Arizona Cardinals. Now, why am I excited about this? Because the Arizona Cardinals come into Las Vegas and they face the horrific Derek Carr show who threw three interceptions last week. But the the monster of Devontae Adams, uh, 17 targets, by the way, tying a career high in his very first game. It is clear that when we pay someone, he's going to get the ball. So uh, I, I love Josh this week on the upside with uh, Devontae Adams. And, and certainly I'm putting some chips behind Derek Carr, albeit... I have a little bit of an asterisk there because, um, well, it's Derek Carr. Uh, when we look at the quarterbacks, top-performing quarterback of the week, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, two guys that are um, just incredible what they do. Patrick Mahomes, 360 yards on 30 completions and five touchdowns. Incredibly impressive. Uh, Josh Allen threw for 297 yards on Thursday night, uh, three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. Now, here's a little fun quiz stat. Um, Patrick Mahomes led the league in passing this week with 360 yards. We also know that Jalen Hurts, from a quarterback, led the league in rushing with 90 yards. But I think it would surprise you to look at who came in second as it relates to passing yards. I mean, we had some very impressive performances out there. Carson Wentz, 313 yards. Joey B, 338 yards. 
Russell Wilson, 340 yards. But the guy who came in second place, which was shocking to me, is all the way down here because he only threw for one touchdown, Matty Ice. Yes, that's right. In his very first game in Indy, Matty threw for 352 yards. Um, certainly, they are going to air the ball out there. Uh, it's whether they can can cash in in the end zone, but uh, certainly a, a good a good first game for for Matty Ice and the hope that is in Indianapolis under his reign. Aside from the fact that they did not play very well as a team. Now, when we flip over to the wide receivers, literally zero surprises here. Incredibly impressive performance by the top five guys who were drafted as top five guys because they are the top five guys. Justin Jefferson leads the week at almost 40 fantasy points. Absolutely torched Green Bay. I mean, there were times where he was so open. And even Justin Jefferson said this. I can't believe how open they left me. He is the number one wide receiver on the team and and could be the number one wide receiver in the entire league. And there were plays where there was not a single guy within 20 yards. And you have to ask, like, what were you doing? Who were your keys? What was your route progression that you were looking at that didn't have you keying in wherever Justin Jefferson lined up on the field? The guy caught 9 out of 11 targets for 184 yards and two touchdowns. He was everywhere. And then next up was Cooper Cup, who had an awesome performance, 15 targets, 13 catches for a buck 28 and a tug. Uh, Devontae Adams, like I said earlier, 17 targets. I mean, target monsters here. Jamar Chase, 16 targets, both with them with 10 catches, 141 and 129 yards respectively, and a touchdown to boot. Um, all this to say, uh, one other one I, I do want to make sure I mention here um, is, is A.J. Brown, who in his first game, with Jalen Hurts, had 13 uh, targets, 10 catches, and 155 yards. Didn't find the end zone. I think that the end zone connection between Hurts and and Brown is something that will improve throughout the course of the season um, and and will be a big cash cow for Tony moving forward. All right, let's kind of look at our running backs here and who are the top performers of the week. And I'd like to officially welcome back Saquon Barkley. Guess who's back? Now, Saquon uh, looked like the Saquon of old. 18 rushing attempts. So th- this I'm going to put this in context for you. Saquon Barkley had 18 rushing attempts for 164 yards and a touchdown. Okay? He also had six catches for 30 yards to boot. Jonathan Taylor, who is next up as far as rushing production, who had 161 yards, had 31 carries. So we're talking about someone who literally had an extra 13 attempts and didn't have as much yardage. Now, Jonathan Taylor clearly established 34 points. uh, Awesome week by him. Chad had the number two and number three running backs on the week. DeAndre Swift looks fantastic. Um, Obviously was running downhill and running downhill fast. It was really fun to watch DeAndre Swift run this week. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. They play Washington upcoming. I think the hits just keep on coming. Jonathan Taylor plays Jacksonville. Um, I wouldn't want to play the, the Chad buzzsaw this week, that's for sure. Uh, one little interesting, and I'm going to give him a tip of the hat here, is a guy that I think probably not a lot of us had a lot of chips in, but I'm going to give credit to Ryan. Um, there's probably no chance Ryan actually listens to this podcast. So Ryan, the key word, if you listen to this podcast, that you can text the group and let us all know if you actually tuned in here, because we're probably about 10 minutes in, um, is going to be Patterson. So if we see here, you text Patterson, 
You listen to the podcast. Good on you. But but good on you for for drafting and starting Cordero Patterson, who had 22 attempts, a buck 20, and a tug, three catches to boot, and the number four running back on the week. Hats off to you, Ryan. Um, and finally, we're going to round it out with our tight end section here. Listen, if you owned anybody else besides Travis Kelsey, you were probably disappointed because the number three tight end on the week uh, was O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard had two targets, two catches for two touchdowns. Nobody played him. Uh, Taysom Hill, who is now owned by the Mile High Herberts, uh, yes, he had a really big run, got into the end zone on that drive, was used fantastically. Nobody played him. Gerald Everett, who I should have picked up, and I was bouncing back and forth and back and forth. Did I want him? Did I want to go with David Njoku? Made the total wrong decision there. Um, still doesn't blow us out of the water here. He had four targets, three catches for 54 yards, and he did find the end zone. But other guys on here that are in the top 10, Will Disley, Colby Parkinson. Now that's probably because Seattle decided to throw to all four tight ends before throwing to a single freaking wide receiver. That's neither here nor there. But the reality is that right now, tight end is a tough position across the league. Um, I'm hopeful we see some, some turn in that. But only time will tell. All right, guys, that is kind of your week one recap, everything that I saw. If I missed anything, please make sure that you keep it to yourself because I don't freaking care. All right, next up, let's go through and look up uh, this week's matchups. I'm going to give you my thoughts, my takes, my insights on what I see. Um, and uh, I am going to a bachelor party flying up to the great Midwest uh, tomorrow morning. I'm hopeful I'm going to be able to find some time to watch some of these games, both tomorrow night and certainly over the course Sunday. But uh, I may be uh, relying on on a, a guest podcast host next week to do some of the week two breakdowns for me. I'm going to go ahead and start with my matchup with Ryan. Man, this is just a tantalizing matchup of two teams that don't have a win yet. Just kidding. You can probably hit pause on this guy and move to the next one. What I look at here is that I've already given credit to a guy like Matty Ice. They played Jacksonville. I think he's going to feast a little bit. Uh, my only hesitation with Matty Ice is the fact that Jonathan Taylor is going to be the dude. He's going to run up and down. So I'm all in on Jonathan Taylor. I've got my reservations about whether Matty Ice is going to hit some of those touchdown production numbers, but I still believe he'll probably throw for 300 yards against uh, a Jacksonville defense. Uh, on my side, Russell Wilson, whew, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> how do I describe my feelings of Russell Wilson? Um, cautiously optimistic. We'll just say that. He's got Houston coming into town, playing in front of Denver for, for the very first time. Houston sucks. I like Russ cashing in on his 30 point projection. Um, I, I hope that they can figure out that they need to throw it to their wide receivers, not their tight ends. If it's a tight end show for the rest of the year, boy, am I going to be disappointed with keeping Russell Wilson. Um, as far as the other quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins plays Philadelphia on Monday night. Love the Monday night matchup uh, for for the hit parade, mainly because Kirk Cousins sucks on Monday night. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But he has the number one guy in the uh, wide receiver to actually throw to. So there's a good chance because he's playing me. For me, he's going to go for 35 points. And I already talked about early in the podcast, um, DC and the Las Vegas Raiders welcome the Arizona Cardinals. Great opportunity for them to bounce back, get a win against a very porous uh, Arizona Cardinals team. 
the hard part for me to watch that game is knowing that our run defense is terrible and Kyler Murray is going to break the pocket and probably run all over the Raider defense. I will have to temper my expectations there. Now, talking about some of the wide receivers, I do like my wide receivers significantly more. Stephon Diggs, Christian Kirk, and Cortland Sutton versus Deontay Johnson, Darnell Mooney, and Tyler Boyd. In fact, I have a heavy swing to my wide receivers um, in this in this contest. We look at running backs. This is going to swing it back over into, uh, I would say, into Ryan's because he's got a combination of Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler, both who underperformed. But Derrick Henry plays on Monday night versus Buffalo. Um, CMC, I, I don't know what they're doing in Carolina, whether that's the the Baker Mayfield or Matt Rule not using him appropriately. I don't know what's going on, but if they don't get it figured out, CMC is not going to cash on his ADP. Um, and I've got a, a weird flyer that I'm putting in. James Robinson starting the week for me based off of his awesome projection. I didn't I, – awesome week one, excuse me. I didn't think that he was going to rebound from an Achilles like he did. The guy looked like he had more explosion than he did before the Achilles injury. I'm all in. I'm about it. Um, and I'm also not letting him talk me out of my flex play, Julio Jones, this week. Playing against New Orleans. Let's let it fly inside the dome. Julio gets into the end zone. Going to be my man. Um, I got myself in this one. Really like my output here to go one and one and send Ryan to the curb at 0 and 2. Next matchup that we have is going to be um, a very interesting one. And, and part of me just feels for Robert starting versus the number one and number well, 1A and 1B teams of the week. That's the good guys are taking on the rough riders. Uh, man, Robert is just dealt a tough card with Dak going down. Uh, that leaves him with a quarterback combination of Mitch Trubisky and Jared Goff as of the recording of this podcast. Um, yikes. Tough stuff. Uh, Jared Goff did have a decent production week last week. Could have that again against Washington. But by and large, the quarterbacks are going to struggle. Um, and I think that what's interesting on the other side is that you've got Matt Stafford, who's looking for a rebound game against Atlanta. Again, uh, a team that he can probably beat up pretty good. And then uh, on Sunday night, we're going to get to see Justin Fields um, in Green Bay. Hopefully, this is not a slop fest of what we saw in Chicago, because I think that we pretty much all can just throw out that game one for everybody that was involved in that contest. Debo still did Debo things. But like there was limitations across the board. We can just chuck that up. Let's see what Justin Fields brings this week. I'm excited to see, is is this the Justin Fields? Uh, and honestly, Trey Lance, um, I'm excited to look at. We'll talk about him in here in a minute. But what, what are the production we're going to get out of those guys? Now, Kevin's wide receiver group is nasty scary. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, the number one and number two producing guys on the week. That's tough to beat. And then Michael Thomas finds the end zone twice in his opener. That's probably not going to happen again, but we're seeing some shades of like offensive player of the year, Michael Thomas. He's looking pretty good. Could be a huge win for uh, the late pick that that um, Kevin got Michael Thomas for. What's going to boil down for me here is the running back situation. Um, do we have another sputtering of Aaron Jones? Where does CEH fit into this? Uh, we're going to find that out tomorrow night. And does Joe Mixon bounce back against uh, a Dallas Cowboys team that looked pretty weak and was basically only their defense that held them in that game? And Dalvin Cook on Monday night, does he shine uh, when they travel off to Philadelphia? Very interesting matchups here across the board. 
Um, I'm still going to ride Kevin. Um, <laughs> no pun intended there from the Brokeback Mountain. Uh, and I've got Kevin by 15 in this matchup. Next matchup, uh, we're going to the Hater Nation 0-1 versus Bon Jovi. So we've got Hater Nation who came off a defeat last week. But I think that there's a nice rebound in store for here. Um, I think it's going to be challenging and, and up sl- uphill sledding. But I like Tom Brady this week. Uh, I like Devontae Adams. And those both of those guys can produce at a high level. But when you look across the aisle and you see, okay, we've got Josh Allen on Monday night, again in the spotlight, probably going to tear it up. Patty Mahomes in the spotlight, divisional rival, going to lace up the Chargers. I mean, right there, I would say that you're going to get 70 points from two guys on Blake's uh, team. That makes it tough uh, to, to really see what is the path to Josh's victory here. Um even guys like Miles Sanders, who found the end zone, and Javante Williams, newly acquired. Shout out to Blake, who uh, who jumped off the Kyle Pitts train and went off and got Javante this week. Um, I just think that there's too much firepower on Blake's side. Uh, what does Josh need to win? He needs a 30-point game from Javante Adams. He needs Tom Brady, 35 points. And he also needs Adam Thielen to catch a touchdown instead of one of those going to Justin Jefferson. He needs a bomb over the top to Tyree Kill, which could happen, but they're playing Baltimore a bit of a stingier defense. And, and realistically, has anyone seen Alvin Kamara? Like we need the Kamara of, of two, three years ago, or even just last year to show up. And I think he's got a shot. But my money right here is on Blake by 10 to take the cake and move to 2-0 and sending Josh to 0-2. Um, the next one up before we get to our featured matchup of the week is going to be the 1-0 Mile High Herberts versus the 0-1 Mizrachi, a battle of the brothers. Fun little matchup here in week two uh, because I think that there's a lot of things that are going to be answered this week, and that is who is Trey Lance. Trey Lance has an opportunity to play Seattle. It's an interdivision rival. Um, we know that like that game is going to be hype. So what an interesting opportunity for Trey Lance to prove to the rest of the league that this is uh, his team, as they were told by Kyle Shanahan, that this is the guy and that he is going to lead this team. Um, again, I think we throw out last week because there was just too much unknowns. Uh, let's see what happens this week with Trey Lance. And does he get Brandon Ayuk involved? Um Where does C.D. Lamb fit into it? I think there's a big, giant question mark on C.D. Lamb right now. Everybody was hyped, including myself, on C.D. just because of the target shares. But now we have, uh, you know, no quarterback throwing to him. Uh, It's it's his wide receiver core group here leaves a lot to be uh, desired. And I would say that um, even across the aisle, you've got guys like Drake London, who had a great performance week one, I think is going to have another fantastic performance. Hunter Renfro will be more involved this week um, than he was previously. And Jerry Judy, you know, very interesting from Mike's perspective. Like Mike's always been high on Judy. Um, The entire fantasy community was all on Cortland Sutton. And I think if you watch it, like when Cortland Sutton got the ball, he looked to be more dominating. He certainly looked to be the bigger and, and I would say um, more targeted receiver. But Judy's touchdown, which was an awesome breakaway, and when they can run some of those crossing patterns and get the ball in his hands, he's very agile, 
and is exciting to watch when he's got the ball. I think that tips the scales to be pretty even split with those guys. I don't think the disparity is is quite as far as we see. In fact, I saw a ranking this week for week two that had them 16 spots apart. So they had Cortland Sutton at 16 and Jerry Judy at 32. And I just say there's no way that there is 16 spots difference between those two guys. Um, and, and so for me, when I look at this matchup, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. What type of Najee Harris do we get if Saquon returns to uh, what we saw in week one? And Nick Chubb has a very tantalizing matchup against the New York Jets. Um, Darren Waller potentially gets more involved. And a nice little stream in the flex, flex play. Hayden's rolling with Jeff Wilson Jr., who's going to get a lot of touches, may not get a lot of receptions, but I think I think we see a, a big game by him, a bounce back by Waller, and Aaron Rodgers lights it up versus Chicago Bears because he is the mayor of Chicago. I've got Hayden beating his older brother, Mike. I've got him by five as they split and go one and one apiece. And that leaves us to our final matchup of the week, a battle of the undefeated, the dictator versus the Mambas. Ooh, what a sexy matchup we've got here. And I like so much about this. You've got just top-tier talent across the board. Um, What do I like about each of these teams? Well, I like Lamar Jackson, uh, especially second-half Lamar Jackson, airing it out. Um, I think that those two touchdowns to Duvernay probably won't happen again. But Lamar Jackson looks very good. Um, and he plays a Miami team that just come off a, a pretty impressive victory over eh, a somewhat subpar team in the Patriots. So I think that's going to be a nice little test for them uh, it, that is at home, which will be nice. And then you've got you know Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow playing Dallas, who just proved that like they can be beat up and down the field. Um, that is at Dallas, so it's going to be played inside of Jerry's house. Um, I love that matchup. I think Jamar Chase is going to cook um, and going to be very impressive. Uh, Also for Chad, Jalen Waddell. Now, if you guys have not seen this yet, after this podcast, Google Jalen Waddell touchdown dance. I did it for Emily today because I thought it was so funny. And then I did it for Calvin, who cracked up as well. Um, This is a uh, touchdown dance for the ages. Jalen Waddell does a penguin waddle. Then the team joins in. It's freaking great. It's worth a 30-second search. Go do it. Um, Biggest question for here because DeAndre Swift is going to get his bag. So is Jonathan Taylor, who's going to feast against Jacksonville. I like TJ Hawk versus Washington. And A.J. Dillon, uh, really a a fantastic game. He's going to get his on on Sunday night. The biggest question mark is Allen Robinson, really. We saw just such a a piss-poor performance in first week of the season. Does he get more involved? Um, that's going to be a big question mark here. On the flip side, Kyler Murray travels to Las Vegas for a nice Sunday afternoon matchup versus my Raiders. Again, I think that as painful as it is for me to say this, Kyler Murray is so hard for the Raiders to contain. Um, I don't have a great feeling, which means it's a good feeling for Tony that he's likely going to uh, nab up a lot of rushing yards. I see Kyler Murray as a top three quarterback play this week. Okay, looking at the wide receivers here, um, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, and T. Higgins. Mikey Mike on his touchdown game. I'm not feeling great about my bet right now with that. Uh, we'll see how, how this game factors out. I'm hopeful that that gets distributed to my boy Julio. 
but we'll see if that actually works out. Okay, um, DJ Moore. Is DJ Moore going to get more involved? That's a big question here. Obviously, Robbie Anderson was the guy in week one. I just don't have a feeling that that's going to continue to happen. But Baker does bring a different style, um, a horrible style, which I hate, and I can't stand Baker Mayfield. But he does bring something different. I think we were all pretty hyped on DJ Moore. Now I'm not sure if he fits in uh, to what we're expecting. We'll see. This week will be a nice little test because they play the Giants at MetLife. From a running back perspective, Daryl Henderson had a, a really nice performance. We've got Cam stashed on the, the bench. It's Henderson's backfield, and it's going to be all about Daryl Henderson. Love the play. He's going to feast. Uh, and then Rashad Penny had moments where he looked good, but still didn't really produce at a high level, uh, which is really interesting. You know, 11 fantasy points, 12 attempts, 60 yards. I just it, it felt like he did more when watching that game, but then it didn't really translate into fantasy points. Again, they play a nice little division rival, going to the Bay Area to play San Francisco. Let's see what we get out of that guy. Uh, but but definitely excited um, for what the running backs could produce. They're going to be buzzsaws comparative to Chad's, but could keep him in this game. Everyone knows my feelings about Pitts. I think he's going to be down in the pits again. Uh, I've got him as a low production this week. And then the flex play, oh, so strong. A.J. Brown in the flex uh, and his boy Jalen Hurts throwing to him. That's a mean, mean combo. Um, I'm going to be in, in Minnesota, so I'm not sure that that's going to be a great event to watch <laughs> with a bunch of Minnesota fans because I got a, a, a very strong feeling about A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. I've got – who do I got in this one? I have got – oof, the dictator by 10. Sorry, Tony. Chad goes to 2-0, moves on, and establishes himself uh, across the top of the league. That's your breakdown, short and sweet this week, guys. Uh, enjoy your week. Good luck to everybody except for Ryan. And Ryan, if you do listen to the podcast, hit us in the text. We'd all love to know. Love you guys. Have a good week. Peace.